0: Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Welcome back to another episode of Bible Answers for Today's Christians. Um, Today's episode will be talked about uh, hostility between Israel and Islam. Um, This is going to be a controversial topic, um, but I think um, there's been a lot of a lot of questions on what is going on over there and what does the Bible exactly have to say about it. So Pastor, why don't you start us off tonight on um, this topic uh, between Israel and Islam.
1: Okay, well this is of course a very um, interesting subject for a lot of people, a lot of people, we don't live in a country where there's this nature of uh, hatred and violence and so a lot of people wonder why in the world do people treat each other like this uh, in a foreign country like that? Um, And I want to say that really the origins of everything go back to the Bible. Uh, The origin of these matters, they go all the way back to the Bible. And some of you may not realize it, some of it, sometimes we may think, well, it's a you know, it's a recent conflict or they've been fighting over this for hundreds of years. No, this is a matter that's gone on for thousands of years. And and what's wonderful about the Bible is the Bible pulls to light what's going on and and why this conflict is going on and what it's there about. Okay, so let me let me start my end of the conversation tonight by asking This question, okay, and this is for our audience, and I want you to think about this. What one Bible figure do all three major world religions honor? Who is that one Bible figure that is honored by all three major religions? Islam, Christianity, uh, or Judaism? Who would that be? But, Brandon, you know who that is. It's Abraham. That is exactly right. It is Abraham. Now, if you go back in the Bible from the time of Adam all the way to the time of Abraham, you have 10 chapters in Genesis that cover that. All world religions, or I should say, all three major world religions do not have a problem from Adam all the way to Abraham. But as the descendants go from Abraham on down, this is where it all changes, and this is where the beginnings of the hostility uh, takes place and it happens. Okay, and so here's what scripture what, here's what happened in scripture. God promised to Abraham that He was going to give him a child. Now, this child would be a promised seed, and that through this child. He would become, uh, he would uh, be great, and and he would be multiplied as the sands of the sea, um, and and that, I mean, there'd be no end to his descendants. And that was a great promise that God gave to Abraham. Uh, but it's very interesting. God gave it to Abraham and Sarah. It is a, it is a dual promise. If you if you look at um, old Testament children you'll see that the Old Testament children are connected to the mother the mother is always the one that the descendants uh, come through and so in in that light um, we cannot disconnect Sarah from this promised seed this promised child okay so Abraham and Sarah were getting old in Genesis chapter 10 they were getting old and sarah recommended to abram to take hagar his uh, his um, could be his concubine or or a handmaid the bible calls her hand, handmaid recommends him to go unto her and to have a child with her because sarah feels like she's getting old and past age well right there is is the conflict because Abraham did that he went into Hagar. Hagar had a child he was first born his name was Ishmael and Ishmael is really today in all tents and purposes, the father of the Arab nation and the and Ish, Ishmael's claim now there's there's a whole lot more to it that I'm going to get to in just a little bit, but suffice it to say that's Ishmael well, um, Ishmael grew. He, became, he was up to 13 years old, and then um, then God came back again to Abraham and Sarah and said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to keep my promise to you. I'm going to give you a, a, a child. And Abraham was 99. Sarah was 90 years old at the time. So, you know, Abraham didn't, he thought that was crazy. But he believed God, and God gave them a child. And that child was Isaac. Now, when, and Isaac is through Abraham the father of the Jewish nation. So, what happened then is after they had Isaac, um, Sarah could not, did not like Hagar being around. And Abraham banished her, kicked her out. Got rid of her. They went into the wilderness, just about starved to death. And um, so, you can see the beginning seeds of animosity in Scripture uh, caused and how this this occurs because um, Ishmael was the firstborn, and but Isaac was the promised child. So um, this is the initial seeds. Of the resentment, well, we know that um, we know that Ishmael lived. He grew. He had a great nation, and God even promised that Ishmael would be the father of a great nation. He would he would have many um, many children, many descendants, and it gave different qualifications to what they would be like. In fact, um, it said that. You know, he would be like a wild man. He would be very aggressive, very, um, I, I, I take it almost to mean in a violent aspect that he'd be like that. And I think it's a lot because of that the animosity that was created early on uh, between Hagar and Sarah. So, um, So a lot of this happened. A lot of this goes on. A lot of people do not really understand that it goes all the way back uh, to Abraham um, and that from the descendants of Isaac, the um, Arab nations typically do not respect Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, and so on, those descendants, because they feel that um, that promise came through Ishmael and Ishmael was rejected. So the seeds of bitterness and animosity um, were created at at an early time. Now, there's more to it than that, okay? Um, There were also some people, well, let me back up and say that God told Abraham to get up out of the Ur of Chaldees and then go into the promised land. God said, uh, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make you a great nation in this land. So he goes for a while. He goes to the nation of Israel. Um, and then there's a famine in the land. He goes down into Egypt. And while he's down in Egypt, uh, the famine relents. He comes back to Hebron. And uh, there he settles down in Hebron. and um, But immediately there is other, uh, other peoples that Uh, he has to deal with there too. Now, the other groups that Scripture talks about are there were the descendants of Ham. When Ham got off uh, of the ark, the descendants of Ham, um, we know that the descendants of Shem were the Semitic race, but the descendants of Ham were different. They uh, are represented by the Jebusites, Uh, The Canaanites, um, we see those in Scripture, the Hittites, if you see the Hittites in Scripture, uh, and the Philistines. um, These um, all are descendants of Ham. They went and they settled along the coast, um, and even in the area of Gaza that there is today, Philistines, Canaanites were in that land. Okay, so... um, but here's what's interesting about Ham, is that in Genesis 9, um, well, let me read Genesis 9, verse 24, there's a curse that's set upon Ham by God, Genesis 9, 9 24, it says, And Noah woke from his wine, and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Curse be Canaan, uh, servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Uh, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Now, we leave that one out oftentimes when we understand the race, but the Israelites are not only dealing with the descendants of Ishmael, but there's also these Hamitic uh, descendants, the Canaanites and and others. Um, And then there is... Also, uh, descendants of Japheth uh, there. Now, I said all this to say that there is a lot that they are dealing with over in Israel when God gave Abraham that land. Um, Not just Ishmaelites, but Canaanites. And if you look at Old Testament history, you'll see all these uh, different groups in Old Testament history. And by the way, this is one reason why Many of the um, <laughs> Arab nations don't get along with each other today. Some are descendants of Ham, some are descendants of Ishmael. I mean, it's, it's a varied group, and many of them over the centuries have intermixed and intermingled. But the one thing they have in common is this, this bitterness and this um, uh, millennial old uh, hatred Uh, for Israel uh, from the Canaanites curse uh, to the Israelites uh, bitterness in regards to Hagar uh, but God made them a great nation so if you're historically going to go back uh, in this line then if God made a promise there's one child that's his promised seed in and let me say this when God chose the Israelite people. He was not saying that they were better than all these other nations. He was not saying that they were above all the other nations. God chose them um, because the goal was that eventually Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come through the line and through the seed. And there had to be one descending line through which God was going to uh, save his people. And we know historically that line came through Isaac, and, and that line came all the way through this to the Lord Jesus Christ. So when God says, I want that promised seed there, I want that promised child there, he was not saying that the Jewish race was necessarily better just because he chose them. He's saying that I am going to preserve a race where through that genealogy, Christ could come, Christ could be born, and he could pay for the sins of the world. We know scripture tells us that Jesus came at the time that God wanted him. And when the fullness of time was come, Jesus Christ came. And when that time was fulfilled, when that time came, that was God's plan to save the earth. Now, here's here's the point. The point is, is that God wants all men to come to him. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter their race. Um, and, and a lot of the, the fighting and the, the violence and the anger going on over there is a, um, it is a, it, it is something that all of them can turn to Christ Jesus and say, you are our Savior, you are our Messiah, and you are our Lord. Now, I understand Jews don't uh, accept that, and Arabs do not uh, accept that today. That's We understand that. We know that. But it is not, God did not slap the Jew, and God did not slap the, slap the Arab in the face um, by uh, not allowing the promised seed to come through them he he had to choose one line that was the line that god chose and through that it came the the messiah so suffice it to say this the origins of what's going on back there are all about god providing a way of salvation for us and and it should be understood but see, Satan got in the middle of it, and sin got in Abraham's life and in his heart, and he uh you know he went into Hagar. A lot of that plan was thwarted and confused, and really it was Satan trying to disturb what God wanted to do in, in the salvation of mankind. So don't ever forget that Satan was involved in a lot of the mixture and a lot of the confusion of what went on going all the way back to the time of Abraham. So it's a very interesting study to take it from Abraham, follow that line, and go all the way through to Jesus Christ and see the Messiah as he worked through all of it. So that's just a little bit of the historical understanding that uh, we ought to have and understand as we look at what went on. I know Brandon, you know some more about this too.
2: So uh the, it it is really interesting when you look at Israel, there is a lot of history there. Um so God did choose Abraham for his chosen people and the Bible talks about it that way. But as as Pastor Larson was saying, it it wasn't that he chose them to be a superior race. He actually chose them to be a mouthpiece. Yeah. So he chose Abraham yeah. to be a mouthpiece, and he also chose Abraham to be in a specific area of the world. He was somewhere, and he moved him. Right. So was there any significance to him mm. being moved? There actually was. If you get out your map, you look at your map, and you find Israel on the map, you're going to notice something special about that land. So let's not just look at it from uh, from a geographical, uh, maybe paradise because uh, Israel, the capability of it being a paradise is there. But there's actually a strategic uh, reason God has chosen that specific land. He wanted the Israelites to be a mouthpiece, but he also wanted them to be in a perfect place to be a mouthpiece. So if you look at the land, that area connects Europe, Asia, and Africa. So if you were to take a land route from Europe to Africa, you would actually go through the land of Israel. And if you were to go from Asia, most of Asia, uh, you uh, you would have to travel on land. Now, there are some ways to get around that and traveling through some bodies of water. But it is a connecting point kind of for the known world of that area. Very important that God wanted him to be in that specific place. And so much so that that was not just a dispute in between Israel and Ishmael. That was just a highly disputed land. Well, you think about it strategically, if that's a connecting point, then that's a, a trade route. Right. So the trade route of the known world right there was going through Israel. So some interesting numbers. Um, Jerusalem has been attacked. 52 times they've been captured and recaptured 44 times they've been besieged 23 times now all those attacks were not from is islamic or muslim countries some were we know babylon we know uh they were in captivity in egypt joseph was over there for a while but in the land of israel we're talking about um, the Medes and the Persians came. The Romans came. Yep. Itta- what well, what strategic reason did Rome have for that? Well, they wanted control of the world, mm-hmm. and so where did they find was a good place to to try and set their roots to do that? Well, well, the land of Israel, and so um, uh, a little bit of history and in getting into some of the pastor went over some of the older history. Of Abraham but there's also some newer things that kind of uh, uh, there was always a contention between uh, Ishmael and Isaac especially when uh, Isaac was growing as a little child and Ishmael realized that he was not gonna be the heir so Ishmael had a little bit of animosity there so there was always some contention in between the two brothers one knew that he was gonna get the right the other one wanted the right and felt like he should have had it. But let's go into a little bit uh, in the future. Well, quite a ways into the future. And some things that really were abrasive to their relationship and made it much worse. So Israel, uh, a little bit of history here. Israel was captured by Rome. One of the last times they were captured and exiled was in uh, uh, 63 BC. So before Jesus. Before Christ. Uh, and then uh they were controlling the land, but still had gave Israel quite a bit of freedom. Israel actually still had their own government in place, that still abided under the Roman government. So things just got really hostile. They actually, if you remember in the in the gospels, they went to Jesus and said, "Be our king." He says, "I'm not. I'm not here to be a king right now." And so they got mad at him, and so they put him on the cross. They uh, the Jews didn't necessarily reject jesus because he was a son of god they rejected him because he refused to be their king that's what they wanted they wanted somebody to be their king and to lead a revolt against the roman government and jesus didn't do that he says that's not why i'm here mm-hmm. i'm here to die for you on the cross they had no understanding of what that was so they put him on the cross they were a little upset with him so things just kept on getting more hostile in between the romans and the Jews, and in 70 A.D., uh, the Romans destroyed the temple. They actually, at one point, helped build the temple before this. And then 70 A.D., they just destroyed it. Said, And then they started exiling the Jews, kicking them out of the land. Yep. Right? And so uh, they kicked them out. There's even Masada. That's kind of like uh, our, our Waco. Um, they had like a last stand there with the Romans. Uh, they were on a big high plateau. And uh, the Romans had really no way to get up there, even with all their mighty armies to get up and, and overcome. I think about 300 Jewish people on top of the plateau. They lived up there for a few years. And then Romans said, no, we're just our might. We're going to build a ramp up all the way to the top of this plateau. I don't know how, how tall that was, six, 600 feet or so, somewhere around there, this plateau. And so that was kind of their last stand. And uh, the Jews that were on there actually killed themselves because they knew they would be taken captive and made slaves. Uh, so... The Romans pushed them out of the land, and who was there to take the land uh well, the Ottoman Empire, not too long after that started, and there was a lot of uh islam islam people there Muslims there uh we know that God gave the land to Israel, but uh the Muslims wanted that, and they actually had some historical sites that they they places they call historical sites, so they planted roots there well, uh, Israel wanted it back. So, 19... uh, So, the Allies and the Ottoman Empire was there and they actually were allies with Hitler in World War I. And so, uh, it was actually dismantled by our allies, American allies, fighting against Hitler in 1908. So, Israel didn't break up the Ottoman Empire. It was already broken up into a few countries and things were kind of unsettled. There was a... Uh, a, a treaty there to break it all up. And then Israel took back the land in 1948. Well, who was there? Well, some Muslims were there. And there was a war. People died. And Israel took back their land. So, of course, uh, from a Muslim standpoint, now there's this country here that has kicked you out of your house. Uh, and so they they did not like that. Uh, no one would. You wouldn't want to be kicked out of your house either. Uh, so we can go into, to God's promise to Abraham, and, uh, that's kind of what we stand by. And, uh, we hate to see war happen, but that's just the way it worked out. And we know in the Bible that God prophesied that Israel would get their land back. Mm-hmm. And that happened in 1948. And something else that really just was, uh, really took the situation quite a bit worse is actually America, we started pressuring Israel to, do a two-part solution two-part state is what they call it so actual the land that gaza is on israel still owns but they actually kind of just said we'll back out of the land and we'll let you completely control this and that's what gaza is so i've been to israel actually four times i've been down the military service road of gaza i've driven down there and i've seen some of the things that go on down there i've looked over the fence i've heard stories uh, from uh, from Israelis so in 2005 Israel gave the land uh, to Palestine now this isn't their only land though when the Ottoman Empire was broken up uh, and then the Jews settled the Muslims said well we want our own land so they got their own land the country Jordan it's right next to Israel just east of it so they say, well, we want our own land. Well, there's many Muslim countries around that they could have called their own land. And actually that's what Jordan was. So uh, that just came kind of a brewing ground for people that wanted to take their land back Gaza. And and it has really just kind of boiled over. America forced Israel's hand in that. So we are a big part to blame in what's going on in Gaza right now. If they would have never given that land away i i really don't think we would would really see the war that's going on right now now in saying that palestine lives in israel um we say that palestine is only in gaza no there's there's the west bank and there's kind of like three different uh palestine areas gaza completely palestine controlled uh until the war started And then there's uh, West Bank, which is uh, still Israeli government, but the Palestinians in the West Bank have kind of just are doing their own thing. Uh, And they disregard Israeli government, though it's not been given over like Gaza. And then there's also kind of an island in the middle uh, called Ramallah. And so Ramallah is actually fenced off, and uh, they more or less are, are Palestine too. So it's not just about Gaza um and so it, it it's just a, a big boiling point and then uh there's just all these attacks uh so there's just some crazy numbers you can look at as far as this war has been going on in in gaza um well in about 96 they started sending some rockets over and since 96 30, around 30,000 rockets have been sent over to Israel. So, yes, we do have the uh, Muslim uh, religion that's kind of upset at Israel. They took over some of their land. But at the same time, you have a lot of Israelis that are upset because they've been getting bombed for the last uh, close to 20 years. Uh, And it's not just, uh, yeah, a few rockets are coming over. No, they know people. I've been there, I've seen people, I, I've talked to families. I've seen I haven't seen a rocket in the air, but I've seen within a day a blast sight and the shrapnel from the rockets and the blood on the ground. So it's just it's just a big huge boiling point. Thirty thousand rockets, we wouldn't let that happen here. There's no way we would let somebody get away with sending rockets over the Mexico border, the Canada border. No one's gonna set up a ship on our east or west coast and start sending rockets over, we wouldn't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy. And we a lot of attention is going to Hamas. It's, it's part. But there's a lot of factions inside Palestine. So those rockets, around 30,000 rockets, 43% of them have been sent from Palestine. Palestinian people. Not... And then Hamas about 22 percent and there's another group called Fatah and that's about eight percent and that doesn't make up a 400 percent because there's still some other factions in there too and they're fighting against each other and doing their own things and trying to bomb Israel at the same time so there's yeah, uh, there's a whole lot going on um, and even Israel they they you know we who's supporting all this who's supporting Palestine uh, well Israel needs to do more well they've been carrying them really on their back. So, uh, on this service road, this military service road getting, uh, uh, around Gaza, there's an access point where they would act. They, Israel, they drive semi trailers and drop them in this yard. There's a fence on each side. Palestinians have access to one, Israelis have access to another. And they'll drop trailers all day, just dropping trailers, giving them clothes, giving them food. Um, and so they're, they're taking this and there's no cost to the Palestinians. And on top of that, they're giving them money. Well, then they started attacking some of these trailers. So they had to actually start going in with armed guards and protecting these trailers so the drivers wouldn't get attacked. So it's just this big, huge melting pot of, uh, you know, you do this and then I do that and, and, and you did this and, you know, and and it's just it's really hard if, you know, if you would think if you had a bad neighbor, some of you do, and it's just lobbing words back and forth and comments and you do this, I do that. Uh, and it's just kind of been that like that kind of throughout uh israel's history going back all the way to abraham there's just been this animosity towards each other and i don't and it's not going to get it's not going to really be a solution here on earth um that's going to really fix that fix that and I i think we could probably get
1: into that a little bit and
2: get into some maybe some of the prophecies i don't know when if we do that maybe today or not but
1: yeah well you know one thing again historically that a lot of people don't understand about Israel. a lot of a lot of people do not understand that God's original intent, God had a whole lot more land that he was he had given Israel than what they actually have now. Um, scripture even tells us they were to take the land all the way to the Euphrates, which is over in modern day Iraq today that land, was supposed to belong to Abraham now can you imagine today the volatility if Israel tried to take all that land today but now this was back at the time um, of Moses and the judges um, in the book of Joshua and then the book of Judges Um, and Joshua after Moses died Joshua took over and he began to take more of the, the land he was a Known as a a, a a fighter, a strong man, he took a lot of the land back, um, and then you go into the four hundred year period of the judges, and what you see is a failure of the judges to go in and to take these lands, even though God had said, you know, these are your lands, um, and 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 really they they backed off and they did not. Um, do, I guess, what, you know, biblically God would have wanted them to do. And so we see 400 years of the judges, for the most part, they were, you know, they failed in a lot of ways. So after the judges, the people became fed up. They wanted a king. And they asked for Saul. And Saul was a great king in this, in his earlier years. And... Um, Saul was a man of war. He would fight and and uh, have battles. Uh, and then David came along, and this and one reason why David is so honored in the history of the Israelites is because David was a man of war. He was he was a man who um, he gave Israel a lot of victory in in what the judges failed in and what God had actually given to the children of Israel. So a lot of people don't know that there is a whole lot more land that God actually originally gave them. And it's like Brandon said, God had a purpose for that. God was going to use that um, through the Jewish people that, Lord willing, they would be saved. It it was God's hearts and desire that the children of Israel would be saved. And through them, the gospel would go out into all the world. And what a better location to go throughout all the world, or all the known world at the time. What a better location to go out from than that spot, dead center into the known world, uh, right at that time where people were crisscrossing through that land with trade routes and caravans, and the gospel had an opportunity to reach all lands through that time. So um, suffice it to say, the history uh, of Israel is... It's a hostile one that really Satan got in the mix and was th- trying to thwart the purpose of God by Christ Jesus coming there and being in that in that location so yeah um
2: along with that um God gave them a specific duty uh and if they had carried through with that we're not talking we're talking about before Jesus, he right. gave them the word yeah. he spoke to. Uh, even before Abram, uh, God spoke to people and they passed on some of that word and we have the first 10 chapters of the Bible and then God did give stuff to Abraham too and then to Moses and they were supposed to take that word and reach who? Ishmael. Mm -hmm. And if they would have done their duty as a country and then when Jesus came, he actually came, he came to them and what did he start doing when he started his earthly ministry? He called 12 people to be preachers he said come and follow me and i will make you fishers of men and then there was even some gentiles that came to jesus and he says uh i'm i'm dealing with the jews what am i to do with you right now gentile Mm -hmm. because he was trying to get the jews to go that was his goal his his desire was that he would go to israel and they would be soul winners and they would be preachers all across the land. Yep. And if they would have, they could have reached Ishmael. Yes. And that, this whole world would be different. But they rejected him. And in turn, Jesus came to who? Then he came to the Gentile and said, I want you to go. And we have been going to a certain extent. And we've even been trying to go back to the Jewish people. But they have a, their eyes are blinded after all they've been through and right. what they've seen.
1: Right. It's so true. It's so true. So true. And there is a plan in the future for Israel that God has. Yes. God is not cast off his people. Um, There is going to be a time um, when Lord Jesus is going to um, renew that and refire his heart towards the Jewish people. Uh, uh, And and there's going to be a time when God's going to restore uh, the nation of Israel to himself and, Uh, Scripture tells us they'll see him whom they pierced. And um, they're going to recognize Christ one day. And all of this is, a lot of that is yet to come prophecy. But it's going to be an exciting day when that takes place. And um, the world will see Christ and know him, who he really is. And and God's going to take and restore the Jewish nation, take that blindness away and help them see who he is. Understand him,
2: so through history it is interesting. I went to Israel, and I was talking to a girl in a shop. She was selling some, some trinkets, but they were nicer, like some. There was some high in gold stuff, but it was just a small little shop. We would call it a really big closet, and that's a, a store sometimes in in Israel. She, she we were talking to her, and we handed her a track. She says, "Oh, I'm an atheist," and I I, I told her I said, "You know, there's." There's there's one thing I I sometimes tell to people, you know, that question is religion even true? Is this God? What they they just have questions like how? There's no way you can prove it to me. And I told her I said one of the ways I prove I show people that I can prove it is the Jew. When you look at through history, how many times has Israel been captured and brought into bondage? They have multiple different cultures and generations and countries have uh set it in their heart to destroy the jew to wipe them off the map and they're still here Mm -hmm. they're still here it's a testimony of god's hand upon them right god has chosen them and he's not through with them and he showed that so we can look at all through history, God's hand upon them in, in so many different ways in the Bible and even outside the Bible where God's hand of protection has been up, up upon them. Some of the wars they've been through where it's just uh, a 10 to 1 and Israel is the one and Israel wins and the enemy says, we don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. But there is forces there that we can't explain. yeah, And that's because God's hand's been with them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, Brother Bingham's going to Lead us in the knowledge of the Savior. If you're out there okay. and you don't know how to be saved and trust Christ, you can. God's gift of salvation is free to all, any who will receive it, regardless of your religion, regardless of who you are. Uh, we want you to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life. Brother Bingham? Yeah, I've been I've been largely a student
0: here tonight, and, <laughs> and it's been interesting to, to listen and to kind of put it all back together you know, in my mind a little bit, and hopefully it's been helpful for our audience. Um, You know, I think of things going on even in our country right now today where we have, uh, history has been rewritten in such a way where now we have presidents of colleges defending the wrong side of this issue now. Mm -hmm. And they're defending uh, the, the right of the of Hamas or or you know all the enemies of mm-hmm. Israel and it's because we've gotten away from God as a country right and if we stuck to the bible we would under, we would understand the true history and and we'd be on the right side right and uh, so i think it's just so important that that our listeners understand that that there is one uh, one true and living god and he did create all of this and that uh, the Bible is true, and that if we follow that history, and we follow uh, His promise, and we follow His uh, uh, unending love for humanity all the way through history, no matter what hum- humanity's done, mm-hmm. uh, He's always loved His creation, uh, man, and um, so much so that there, in the very beginning of the Bible, that He promised that He would send His Son to die on the cross, to pay for all, uh, the, the sin of the whole world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it is still so amazing to me that, that uh, a member of Hamas or a member, you know, the worst person on the planet, uh, you, know, a, uh, you know, a Nazi from Germany, you know, even Hitler, if he would have confessed sin mm-hmm. and turned to Christ... And trusted him. God would have saved him. Yeah. And um, and so when we look at the uh, the way the, the Israel's are uh, Israelis are right now, and then the um, you know the history you talked about tonight, the three different groups. Uh, if if we take the Bible and believe it as truth, then we'll end up on the right side. And what the Bible teaches us that is, is that we are all sinners. Bible says, "For all of sin to come short of the glory of God," and that because of that, no matter which uh, political view we have, no matter how we've been up, uh, how our upbringing was, what whatever country we're in, and believe me, we're blessed to be in this country, yeah. grow up in a in a nation that has supported Israel by and large, and that uh, uh, is founded on on the the right uh, principles. But if we'll understand that we're, we're a sinner, plain and simple, and that that sin against, is against uh, a thrice holy God, the one true and living God, and that even though we've sinned against him, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. We understand that when Christ died for us, he paid for the sins of the entire world. All he asks from us is that we recognize and come before him humbly in our heart. Amen. Admitting that that we sin against him and that understanding the only way we can pay for our own sin is to do it according to the word of God by spending eternity in hell that we don't have to do that because the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you'll just understand that truth tonight, it's amazing how, you know, uh, all the confusion that's out in the world today, just like Brother Brandon was saying earlier, all the confusion, all the animosity, all the, it could all be settled by just coming to the basic knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you just to take one step, one step of faith. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and then trust him as your personal Savior. Accept his forgiveness. Under uh, Experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the burden that's lifted when, when you don't have to pay for your own sin anymore and you do have the promise of eternal life in heaven. And then just begin in the book of John and just take God add his word and start reading. You know, it will be amazed what confusion will be cleared up
1: just by trusting Christ. Mm-hmm. Very good. So true. Well, let me pray for you out there. Heavenly Father, I ask for your grace and your spirit, Lord, to uh, rest upon that one out there that needs you. I pray, Father, that they'll open their heart to you right where they're at. Yes. Lord, you know all of us. You know us inside out. You know us uh, better than we know ourselves. And and that God who knows us best is the same God who loves us the most. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for that one out there that's struggling or maybe they, they have a need in their life. And maybe they have the greatest need in their life, which is the need to be saved. Lord, would you tender their heart and help them to open their heart to you and trust you by faith. Bible tells us that, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So help us by faith, Lord, to pray and accept you. asking you to cleanse those sins away, and your blood take us to heaven when we die. I pray you would, in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this was an encouragement to you. Follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes.